playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scotty MOT. I'm George Matlock and I'm delighted to tell you we've got a bumper edition of the podcast for you today. Um, we've got on the line Kath Marchbank, who's the welfare officer at Stex uh, Charity. So first of all, a very big hello to you. Hello, George. Great to have you back. Um, now, I know you've had a very busy, not just month, I'm sure, but you've had a very busy weekend that's just passed. Where were you and what were you doing? We were lucky enough to be invited to Crufts, to the family rescue stand, part of the Kennel Club. Um, So we were down there on Friday. We took six Scotties, all rescue Scotties, uh, had plenty of helpers and we met all the lovely people who came in to visit us. And how did it compare to previous Crufts? Because I know that uh, Stex are very often um, down at uh, at Crufts, um, which of course is at the the Birmingham NEC, is it not? It is. Yeah, it was much quieter this year. Um, I'd say the people that we had visiting the stand were very enthusiastic. Uh, There was a lot of Scotty owners. Mm. um, So it was quality people rather Mm. than lots of, you know... um, you know, people just browsing as such, you know, just walking by. The, the people came out, you know, on purpose to find us, to come and find out about how to go about rescuing a Scotty, which was brilliant. Mm. Okay, fantastic. So you didn't have people sort of coming along, sort of just browsing canines and saying, does this breed, do, with this breed, do I need to feed it? You didn't have anybody <laughs> like that? No, okay. No, look, luckily, the, you know, in, in years <laughs> gone by, we have had people like that. Oh, really? Um, yes. <laughs> You know, I, was, I was only hamming it up for effect. I, I'm actually worried now. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe some of the questions that we do get asked. But um, Do you have any you know, odds at the top of your head that you can remember? Because that would make a really lovely podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I think I'd have to sit down and really think about them. But some of them, um, you know, will the dog do the dogs bark? <laughs> oh, really? OK. Yeah. Well, do they need to go for a walk every day? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's like that. Okay. Yep, sometimes. (laughs) Well, a lot of education ahead for some people. Okay, but sounds like you had, as you say, people who were quite well informed, uh, often owners of Scottish Terriers. Um, And uh, in terms of the competition itself, obviously, I know that uh, there was a bit of chit chat on the the London Scotty Club's WhatsApp group at the weekend. um, Because, of course, one of our members is an exhibitor, no less, at Crufts. Um, and uh, I, I know there was a lot of ch- chit chat about Scotties and how well they did or and some people saying how well they wished they had done. I mean, what was your general impression? Do you, do you think that uh, despite the turnout being lower, presumably still because of Covid, um, how, how was the event? Do you, do you, how would you sort of rate it? I think the, the quality of dogs, you know, was was there was the quality were fantastic um, and quite a lot of Scotties in the ring. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go down because we're so busy. Um, you know, with our stand up in hall three, which is away from the the rings, the showing rings, so I don't actually get a chance to go down and see the dogs. Um, I had a quick five minutes uh, to go down to the Stex merchandise stand, which is at the side of the ring, uh, go and buy a few goodies, and I was hoping then to go around and see some of the people who were exhibiting. But then, as soon as I've gone off the stand, I get a phone call 
can I come back to the stands? I need to go and do an interview. <laughs> so oh, okay, fantastic. You know, so it's good that we, we got a lot of PR. Um, mm. You know, Crufts Radio, they did an interview with us, which was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were the BBC or any of the other mainstreams there? Um, they were about, but unfortunately we didn't get a direct interview with them. But Crufts Radio do send out links to local radio stations. And because I'm based in Lancashire, they've uh, you know sent it up to Radio Lancashire. So hopefully they might pick up on it Excellent. You know, for future, which would be great. Fabulous. OK, well, I'm glad that you, you know, it was a weekend well spent. Um, let's turn to some of the, the topics then on Scotty MOT. We've got quite a bit, as I said earlier, to get through. This is the time of the year when we're all sort of thinking about putting bulbs into the soil, put a few seeds out. Let's hope they blossom. We get a few flowers, maybe a few vegetables out of them as well. Shrubs go in, all that kind of thing. It's springtime or so I'm told. Now, very often when we're sort of landscaping our gardens and thinking about what we want to plant for the for the year ahead we think about things that make us feel good make make us feel happy um, but we don't always necessarily think about the fact that some plants might actually be to the detriment of our pets we're more worried about the pets chewing the 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 the, uh, the hard worked on garden as opposed to what effect it might have on the the dogs themselves any thoughts about that? Yeah, it's 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 a tricky situation. It's something that you've got to be careful of. A lot of the times the dogs can play happily in the garden and not, you know, not get any allergies to the plants or get any, uh, you know, heaven forbid, being poisoned from them because there are a lot of toxic plants that are in everybody's garden, but the dogs tend to stay away from them. But if you've got a young puppy... Um, or if you've newly planted a flower bed and you've put, you know, you've dug the trench out, you've put some bone meal down in the bottom, put back filled it with soil, then put your plants in. That bone meal can be very tasty to the dogs. You know, it's like, oh, that smells good. I'm going to go for a little dig. Then they start digging up the certain bulbs, and that's where the pro- you know, a lot of the problems are. Um, with some bulbs the actual bulb isn't poisonous to the dogs as some are some aren't and it might be if it doesn't have a poisonous bulb the actual flower may be poisonous so it isn't a real minefield as to what is exactly poisonous and what isn't Um, the thing to watch for is your dog being sick having an upset tummy um, reactions uh, runny eyes runny nose drooling at the mouth any reactions like that, you do need to speak to the vet immediately. But some plants to watch out for, um, which are toxic, uh, you've got tulips, daffodils, snowdrops. Um, the actual substance we put on top of the soil, um, the coat, you know, you get the um, wood chip. Again, there mm-hmm. can be some uh, toxins in the wood chip or if you're using a cork, you know, the one which has come off the cocoa trees, that can be highly toxic as well. So it's it's something you've got to be very careful of. You've also got mushrooms and toadstools, which we don't plant. They just start growing as fungi in the garden. They can be highly toxic. Um, you've also got... Um, as though some, as it gets a little bit warmer, risk of snakes, adder bites, um, oh, highly, t- you know, um, highly poisonous to dogs. Um, you know, you need to definitely get onto the vet, seek medical attention straight away. 
Um, it's always worth having antihistamines around because a lot of the times treatments um, by, you know, what we take, human antihistamines, can also help stopping swelling. You know, if the dogs are chasing bees and wasps and they get stung in the mouth or the face can swell and antihistamines certainly help and take that swelling down. A lot of the fertilisers that we're putting on the garden um, and lawn feeds and moss killers, again, very, very highly toxic. So we've got to be very, very careful of it. Um, snowdrops, again, you know, little innocent flower, but again, highly mm. toxic to the uh, to our pets. Is that right? I did not know that. Right. Yeah. Very, um, very interesting. You know, and then you've got other plants, not necessarily grown in the garden, but we keep them in the house. The poinsettias, which are, you mm. know, the winter plants. Mm-hmm. The, the ones we have at Christmas, the poinsettias, yeah. the big ones with the big red sort of uh, star-shaped flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lilies. Um, you know, just the pollen mm. and, the mm. you know, the scent of lilies can cause dogs' eyes to start uh, watering. Um, and very very toxic to cats so a lot of people will not keep lilies in the house you know they cut flowers and again lilies are growing in the garden um you know your daffodils the bulbs are toxic uh, poisonous as well as the flower um i believe with the tulip the tulip bulb is okay but it's the tulip flower that is toxic to the dogs I see. Right. Yeah. So quite a quite a few to, to think about. I mean, I, I recently came across and I can't for the life of me find it when I need it. Uh, that's just like live radio. Um, uh, I was using an app that I can identify plants. Um, and I guess it's available for both iPhones and certainly for Android phones. And it's called Plant Snap. It's a, a free app. Anyone can download it. It's quite handy because you can take photographs of plants in your garden uh, and then it will tell you what they are. Um, how they should be cared for, and whether or not they are toxic to to dogs and cats. Um, so I found this to be quite a, a useful um, thing. And to my horror, I found one plant that absolutely had to be got rid of because it was indeed toxic to, to dogs. And I, I never knew that. And it's been in there for quite a while. My dogs have been absolutely fine. Um, OK, they might have a few allergies, this, that and the other, but uh, nothing that I would would suggest was because of this you know allergens are one thing toxins are quite another so luckily um i think they're 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 safe and they're well but it could have turned out very differently and some dogs as you know will be more addictive and more likely to persist and attack a plant for whatever reason uh, and it may then cause them to have some very serious uh, side effects um any any sort of advice i mean uh, you've got a list haven't you am i right of of potential um uh, plants to avoid in the garden yeah yeah which uh, is probably the list is so long it's probably best to uh send you know put it through onto the website but one handy thing when i was actually down at uh, crufts uh popped onto one of the stands and it's uh, veterinary poisons information services and they're based in london if you feel that you know your dog has um, eaten some poison or toxic plants or medicines, anything it, it shouldn't have eaten and it's eaten, it's worth ringing this company and ask them what to do. A lot of the times the dogs don't need veterinary attention, uh, but there's certain things uh, that they do need it for. And it is a service that you've got to pay for, but it's not over expensive. I think it works at about £35 for the phone call, but they give you the antidotes of you know how to treat um, treat the situation, which is great. 
They also advise veterinary surgeons all over the country uh, as what best antidote to give, um, you know, to get rid of the poison out of the dog's system. I presume, though, that most vets would know um, this. I mean, they wouldn't be sort of making a phone call and being charged £35 for the privilege to talk to a specialist, would they? Um, a lot of vets will ring them as a backup. Um, I know I had a problem with my own dogs. Uh, some um, Something was set in the post and my dogs actually got hold of it. Um, it was actually mm. some medication, some heart medication. Oh, dear. Um, and my husband, he picked the parcel up, didn't know what was in Pop the um, uh, the parcel on the side and the dogs actually jumped up. I'd, I'd gone away, my mum was ill at the time, I got away nursing my mum. And so the dogs hadn't had as much attention as, you know, because I'd gone away for the day. Um, and they then managed to open this parcel and it, they ate two boxes of heart medication between two dogs. So my husband uh, luckily rang a friend of mine who's a vet, said what had happened and she said, get them down straight away. Um, you know, they had the surgery ready to make the dog sick and start giving antidotes. And also two weeks after, we still had to keep um, giving charcoal to the dogs to, to put a lining on the stomach and, uh, you know, get rid of this medication, what was still floating around in the system. Mm. So, right. you know, accidents can happen. Um, it's something I didn't find out about. I, I have a little laugh about it because... It was literally the day after I'd gone back to the vets to have a to take a dog in which which had come in to rescue, and um, the vet came running out, and she's saying to the girls, "Oh, everything's fine. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see to this new dog that's coming." I'm thinking it's a little bit weird, but she didn't want me to find out that the dogs had been so poorly. Right. Uh, because she knew I'd come from Accrington with this rescue dog and was going straight back home to you know to my mother's and not going back to back home, and so Steve's busy at home you know with all this medication giving to my own dogs. Ah, so, right. Yeah. I well, I've just spotted by the way, uh, it's such a cool little app. This one because I've actually found the, the plant and the it's somewhere d deep in the archives of my phone. So it's the the plant that that caused all the upset in which we've now pulled out of the soil was called oleander. The full name is Nerium oleander. Uh, it sounds like somebody's name in the phone book actually, but it does, doesn't it? Um, now it says here description, and it's right up at top that they don't they don't um, mince their words here. Uh, pet poisonous, toxic to dogs. Nerium oleander is a shrub or small tree in the get this dog bane family. It's toxic in all of its parts. Um, now it comes like a has green foliage, which is like spear like. The leaves are sort of very much like a spear like uh, 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 appearance, and they have these beautiful little white flowers star-shaped flowers with a little bit of orange in the middle a bit like an apple sorry a bit like an orange blossom uh, sort of flower so it's absolutely lovely to look at has a bit of a nice scent as well it's been quietly living in the corner of my garden at the back of the garden for well too many years more than a decade anyway um, and only just now I've discovered that in actual fact um, not a good thing to have in the garden yeah I think everybody has probably got some plants in the garden which is highly toxic but if the dogs aren't actually going chewing the plants then you know we are pretty safe with them mm. you know it's just your lilies because of the pollen um yeah you know which is dropping off that's the that's the tox one of the toxic things you know to the pets yeah so you know there's certain things and you know it's 
when people say, oh, I've got my dog's got problems, it's starting itching, you know, it's it's fur's falling out, it's getting hot to touch. And I say to people, make a diary, write down when, you know, when the problems are occurring, because sometimes they only happen for for two or three weeks and then everything goes back to normal. Sometimes the dogs don't even need any treatment and it normally ties in with a certain plant in the garden or certain grasses, you know, trees pollinating. Yeah, Yeah. pollinating or flowering or whatever, yeah. Very good advice. So um, we're looking forward to uh, publishing on our website the the, the, the PDF, right, with, with a list of plants that... Uh, are unsafe for dogs yeah um so we're looking forward very much to including that with this particular episode of scotty mot well thank you very much kath for those thoughts um want to next turn to another thing that we're we're working with um with stex the london scotty club and that is we've just started a campaign to raise awareness that you can now donate medication uh, that was uh, prescribed for your dogs um you can now uh, donate that to stex and uh, if you look on our website, there's a big um, colourful banner. Uh, click on that and it will give you the details about where to send the medication. Now, Kath, you've kindly agreed to to take the haul, the bags of medication that may well be coming through your letterbox. Um, are there any particular bits of advice you'd like to share with people before they post them off to you? Um, if they can just mark on um, medicines, you know... Um, and write on what the medicine is for, you know, what the what it has been used for, because sometimes um, the boxes, the, the name of the medicine wears off. So if they can actually make clear, make sure it's clearly written on what the medication is, what the name of it is and, um, you know, what they were treating the dog for. We use the medication for if we've got people who can't afford um, like Vetrol, which is one of the main tablets that we give out. A lot of the dogs have Cushing's and Vetrol's a treatment for Cushing's. So if dogs have passed away and there's still medication, we'll use that and pass on to people who, who were struggling to pay the vet bills. So we use a lot of Vetrol, um, epilepsy tablets. There's various ones, um, you know, so it's all veterinary prescribed you know, we don't just go off and give the dogs, um, you know, I always say to the people, get a prescription from the vets so we know exactly what dosage the dog needs. And if we've got it here in stock, we can then pass it on to those people who are struggling. Right. And presumably also um, you won't turn away uh, if people decide to send in what I call medical props. And by that, I mean things like, for example, the cones that you put around a dog's head yeah. to avoid them from being able to uh, lick their, their bodies, that sort of thing. That's it. I always say to people, it's worth keep, you know, make sure you keep one for yourself because you never know if your dog ends up with a sore ear or cuts mm. a paw. Mm. And, you know, to save having to go out and buy another one, you know, make sure you do have one that fits your dog. But if you've ended up sometimes, you know, you end up with two or three and you think, well, I'm only going to need one. So, you know, we will certainly use those. The medical suits as well. Um, you know, but I say to people, keep hold of them because, you know, if your dog ends up having another op, it saves you, you know, you can say to the vet, I've already got a medical suit. I don't need another one. You can save yourself, um, you know, a few pound. A few bob there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, uh, so basically uh, the other thing, I guess, is check the expiry date. Right. So you, you want to obviously make sure that any medication that's sent in where possible, people need to identify the, the expiry date. 
Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. OK, well, good luck with that and let us know how you get on. I know you've already had at least uh, one person come through to you because it, it became the topic of a previous Scotty M- MOT uh, podcast yeah. and also became uh, last week's episode of Collard, the interview series that we run on London Scotty Radio. And that was uh, with Holly, who kindly told us about medication that she no longer required. Uh, and I think I believe she sent it on to you and hopefully it will find uh, a helpful new home. Yep, it certainly will. And also it's kept very safe away from the dogs so we don't have another little accident like we had before. Right. Okay. Okay. Fabulous. And obviously you've got the conditions to 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 keep the medication and in, in cool in the right yeah. sort of optimal temperature. Yeah, we keep it in the dark place. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Okay. Well, well done. And and I'm really glad that that's that's worked out. So finally, I thought we'll turn. Um, before we do, just one other thing. While we're talking about working with uh, Stex, just to let everybody know that the the new newsletter from Stex is out. I believe it's in the process of being posted out to your members this month. It and, is. And we feature in it. How about that? Yeah, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you can read all about us in the Stex newsletter uh, and what we do and what we and the fact that we've now gone national with the club. Uh, so anybody who wants to uh, join the club can do uh, we just go to our website we've got if it's easier you can use terrier.scott uh, and there's a membership form there but yeah, yeah absolutely we're really looking forward to working more formally with Stex going forward Kath so absolutely brilliant yeah no that'd be wonderful um, you know because you've got your dog walks there's other little walking groups which are setting up as well there's one in Wales uh, one in Devon so, you know, we hopefully between us, we'll be able to promote these and, you know, the Excellent. some of these meetings during the week for, re, you know, retired people. Yeah. So it'd be good, you know, and, and we could all work together. Great. Well, it's great to know that there are more people doing that sort of thing in their in their localities as well. Fabulous news all around. Um, finally, I thought I uh, will turn to something that which actually you spotted, wasn't there? Um, something on our website. Uh, tell us what drew your attention to this and, and what is your and what are your thoughts? Oh, yes, the dogs on sofas. I think it's lovely that, you know, a lot of people we, we allow, we love our dogs coming up on the sofa. The main thing is, is to make sure that the dog is only getting on the sofa when we invite him or her up. Because a lot of the problems, the behaviour issues, when people are outside walking the dogs and you've got lead aggression, um, nervousness outside the house, a lot of it all stems to us letting the dogs on the sofa because the, the dogs actually feel that when they're on the sofa they're part of the family but the dogs they can start to mm, I'm going to get on top of the sofa I'm going to get on top of my person and it's it's just this hierarchy issue and a lot of the people you know if they ring me and say Kath I've got a problem my dog's um, not behaving outside the house is attacking other dogs you know one of the first things they ask them is does the dog jump on the furniture? And most of the time, the answer is yes, it does. Mm. And uh, and I say, when you ask him to get off, does he get off immediately? And the answer is generally, no, sometimes it's second or third time of asking. And it's it's that issue which you've got to really get in place, I, I, I think. If the dog's on the sofa and you say, come on, get down. And if he gets down straight away, brilliant no you know you've you've no real problems but so many dogs will i've visited people's houses and they've said oh don't sit on there it's the dog's chair <laughs> and, I, and i say well what will happen if i sit on there and they'll say well you could end up getting a nip 
Oh dear, is that as bad yeah, as that? Oh, as goodness. bad as that, it, re- it really is. And so in that situation, I'll, I'll on purpose go and sit on the dog's chair and the dog, I'll say then, let the dog in and it comes running into the into the living room and it looks at me in the chair and it's like, oh. And I'll say, no, not allowed, in your bed. And I'll send the dog away to go and lie in its own bed and it'll sit on the bed and look at me and sulk at me. Mm. But I'm showing the dog that I'm you know, in charge, I'm not allowing to be bossed. I'm not going to allow myself to be bossed by the dog. I think we've talked about it before. I'm pretty sure we have. But I mean, in the case of one of my two dogs, he um, he likes to jump on the sofa, but only when he sees that I already have sat down. And I usually sit at the same on the same side and he'll jump up onto the other side. So it's a two seater uh, settee. And, you know, I'll sit down usually just to watch a bit of TV or whatever. And then he will jump up next to me and curl up. Uh, usually that's... with his butt facing me. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's but, but, good. You, yeah. you know, you're having some bonding time with your dog. Yeah. And and that's fantastic. I I generally say to people, pop, pop a blanket down and then the dog knows it's time I can actually get on the sofa with, you know, with my mum mm. or dad and we'll watch a favourite film and, you know, you can sit and relax, stroke the dog, watching yeah. telly, having, you know, having a cup of tea or a glass of wine. Yeah. And so, but a lot of the trouble starts when, you're sat down and the dog automatically jumps up on the sofa without being invited or the dog's all you know you walk into the lounge and the dog's already sat on the sofa and as i say if you say come on get down and he you know he jumps down straight away you've no issues but sometimes you'll say come on get down and you'll get this growl and the look and it's i'm not getting off here this is my bed <laughs> and the thing is we we we're allowing our dogs to become too humanized coming mm. into our space too much mm. and this is where a lot of the problems stem from i'm pleased to say that we have a bit of a, a, a middle ground because my dog will very often not jump down off the sofa when he's asked the first time but he doesn't growl he doesn't get aggressive either he's more like gives me might give me the sour look from the side as scotties are famous for doing <laughs> and and it will be a few moments of you know who blinks first and yeah. then and then he would jump off he will usually just jump off and of course the other thing is they don't always sit up there too long i mean pudding is the name of the dog in in question and uh, he um he often will sit there just for a few minutes maybe for 10 minutes at most and he gets bored and he jumps down again and then he would jump up again at some point later well if he sees i'm still there so yeah. it's a very odd it's a very odd how 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 this all works really that's it but you know there are some dogs where they'll literally lie on the sofa they'll use the sofa as their own dog bed yeah. And they'll lie on there two, three, four hours if allowed. Goodness. And then, you know, when you do actually say, come on, get off. And this is, you know, especially with new dogs, which have just come into the household. If you've just taken on a, a new rescue dog, you know, you can have problems of the dog trying to show authority, put its foot down and say, no, I'm not going to be bossed by you. You're going to do as you're told. This is the dog trying it on, trying to train the human. And... You know, in that situation, I advise people only ask it the once. And if it doesn't do it on that first time, then literally it sounds awful. You know, grab the dog by the scruff of the neck. But mm. you've got to, you know, get hold of the dog and place him on the floor and then say in your bed and make sure the dog goes into his bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if you don't, yeah. mm. so many people will get frightened of the dog because they'll actually start growling and say, get out of my space. 
Yeah. So you have to be firm, but you also have to see yeah. it through. You have to see see this task right the way through. Yeah. Very good advice indeed. Well, and to think that this discussion that we're having today actually all germinated from one of our members, Jan. She owns Ben and Ben was sitting on Jan's brand new sofa. And then in WhatsApp, I quipped, oh, well, my dog likes to jump on the sofa. And, and despite what some people reckon... Scotties are sofa dogs just like any other dogs and then it just went from there it snowballed in the course of that weekend we had lots and lots of people sending in their photos depicting their dogs in various positions on sofas um, and it just became a story from there um, but re- it's a very interesting topic it's one about behavior and it's a very serious one as well as you say uh, ma- maintaining and asserting authority so that the dog doesn't think that it's breached the, the the divide between canine and human and is now more you know should be treated as every other human that's it you know don't get me wrong george i'll sit down later on and <laughs> all the dogs will pile on this on the sofa Whoa. you know but they're all invited on at that moment you know so, what? You have you to know. get your husband to take a to take a little bit of video <laughs> of that happening. There's nothing more. You know what? One of one of my all time fantasies, right, is um, um, coming home, sitting down on the settee. There's a huge box in front of me. I I take the box, I open the lid, and turn it upside down over my head, and suddenly there's a shower of Scotty dog pups <laughs> just descending down onto me on the sofa. Oh, it will never a... happen. It will never happen. You, you never know, George. You never know. <laughs> but normally, you know, in the winter time, my sofa, myself and Steve, my husband, will be sat on the sofa, and there's generally you know five or six dogs around us which is wonderful but all the dogs as soon as i you know i say come on off they jump off straight away how wonderful well maybe you can send us uh not just for fun but even as a form of tuition this is how it's done folks you know this is what you need to be able to achieve and if you've got five or six dogs around you to do that which is technically a pack um that really brings home the message ever so loud and clear Kath, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before you dash, just to remind everybody that um, anyone is welcome, whether they are a member of London Scotty Club or not, are welcome to send in questions about the well-being of their Scottish Terrier. Uh, it could be uh, medical matters. It could be behavioural. It could just be things that you you have some issues with them, some doubts or some some concerns. Um, there's an easy to complete form to post your question to us. Just go to Scotty. That's with a double T I E. Scotty dot Scott, and it'll come straight up right there and then. So um, just a little bit of um, of a pointer there for people if they've uh, been inspired what what they've heard in today's program. They have a question. Please do send it through, and we'll look to try to answer that on one of our subsequent editions of Scotty MOT. Kath, I know you've got to go, but look, it's been absolutely lovely uh, to, to, to hear from you today. Um, great news about Crufts. I'm really pleased it was a success. Um, and we are really looking forward, no pressure, but we're looking forward to that little video with the, with the sofa. OK, I'll find one for you. <laughs> <laughs> OK, have a very good rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.